Hey everybody, what's shaking? How y'all doing? My name is Porter Laurie, and welcome to another episode of Life Math. Now moving forward, I just want you to remember, y'all are the ones who pushed all the buttons to get here, so don't blame me. I don't want no feelings hurt. Well, things gonna get hurt, but just don't blame me. <laughs> These next episodes are gonna be fun because although I'll be talking from my own experiences and mostly to men, straight cis men that is, I'll also just assume that single women wanting to float off into a forever kind of love might be listening and wanna know why their boat keeps taking on water. So I'm talking to y'all too. Now finding love isn't easy, especially if it's a real forever kind of love that you're looking for. And why would you expect it to be? Why? There's billions of people on this planet to sift through. What are the chances? Especially if you want something authentic. But you know what dramatically increases your odds? You working as hard to find yourself as you are to find somebody else. And in that order. Now let me give you a rundown of my personal experience a little bit before getting into advice so that y'all don't think I'm just bullshitting you so here here's the setup my first real introduction to love and relationships came when I was 19 years old it was my first adult-ish relationship her and I started out in Denver, Colorado, and ended up in Los Angeles. We were together for roughly 10 years. Then we got married and divorced in about three months. <laughs> Crazy, right? Eh, not so much. Well, when we got to LA, we both started growing in every direction possible, and none of it was predictable. Nothing in L.A. is predictable if you're actually going out there to experience it and grow. And after a little bit, her and I ended up breaking up for about a year and a half. And during that year and a half, I have no idea what she did. But I know what I did. Just to backtrack a little bit. From the time I was 19, I had been completely faithful to her. And I was proud of the fact. But I also had a hunch there was some growing that needed to happen. I just didn't know whether it was going to be with her or not. Come to find out, it was not. Now, back to L.A. At the time, I was just getting started in the TV business as a production assistant. And my 35, 36-year-old boss at the time, who shall go unnamed, knew that her 25-year-old PA from Colorado had just broken up with his girlfriend so she stepped in to console me <laughs> now I'm not going to go into details I'm just not I will say that this very grown woman turned me out <laughs> there's no other way to say it there's just no other way to describe it she introduced me to parts of LA I just didn't know existed but as a result, she also introduced me to parts of myself I didn't know existed. But the flame burned way too hot for us to exist for any length of time. 
because when you start it crazy, it's rare that you end somewhere else that's not even more crazy. But our final moment came when after a night of weirdness and debauchery, I pulled up in front of her home to drop her off. She asked if I wanted to come in for a while. Now we both knew I had to work early the next day. She was my boss. She set the time. So I politely declined and said we'd get together over the weekend or something. At that point, she got a strange, determined, kind of offended look on her face and then insisted I come in to finish off the night. <laughs> and uh, then it just got awkward. And whatever remnants of our professional boundaries that were left must have just snuck out the back door and walked off into the distance, never to be seen again. So I told her, I'm not coming in. Now you need to leave my car. At that point, she turned from the passenger seat, looked me dead in the eye with this like hungry, animalistic rage in her face. And while demanding I come with her, waved her fist across her chest and into the front of my windshield. And I just watched as the entire front window of my car slowly spidered into pieces. The car went silent. And then she just looked at me like, what are you going to do? What was I going to do? It just so happened that the new car I had pulled up behind to drop her off was hers. So I slowly opened the door, got out, went and stood on the hood of her car, and stomped my foot through the windshield while maintaining eye contact. To make a long story short, that was a fitting end to a short-lived but memorable moment in my life that showed me all sorts of things about myself I didn't know existed, but could also never deny moving forward. Because there were parts of that year and a half experience that would stay with me long after. Because they were actually healthy for me. Even from the story I just told you, there's healthy parts. But I had to pinpoint what they were and then make sure that I was willing to hold on to them, regardless of whether they made sense for anyone else. And that's where things got tricky. My original girlfriend, the one from Denver, her and I got back together and it became obvious after a while that we had both changed the changes became more and more pronounced but being young and dumb we thought marriage would solve the issues that had come up from these changes it did not now I realized this before she did and asked for a divorce just a few months after her parents had invested in a very expensive wedding and honeymoon and explaining things to her parents, who had both been extremely gracious and loving towards me, was the hardest thing I had done as a result of my beliefs and instincts as an adult up until that point. And years later, we came across each other randomly at Earth Cafe in downtown LA. And at that point, she actually thanked me for forcing the decision. And she said that she knew it was the right choice, but she never would have had the courage to make it. And that pissed me off because at the time, 
As a result of her saying that she disagreed with the divorce, everyone in both of our families thought I was a horrible person for pushing things in the direction they went. But for me, for me, the, the choice to divorce, although it was the absolute right thing to do, was a step into the pitch black darkness of adulthood in LA. Without friends, without family, her parents were very wealthy. So as a result of me sticking to my guns, I was also giving up the lifestyle that would have afforded me the luxury of personal and professional growth at a comfortable pace in a privileged environment. In other words, it was either comfort at the cost of my conscience or listen to my conscience and remove all the comforts I had become used to in one of America's most unforgiving cities. I chose my conscience and life began for me as a single man at 30 in Los Angeles. Now, one of the first things I had to quickly assess for the sake of my personal and professional life was my self-worth. Coming off of a divorce was predictably tough. So I determined my self-worth was going to be based on the quality of my life choices at the time. So at 30 years old, without schooling, a father, a mentor, I had come to L.A., gotten into a hard business to get into and an even harder business to remain in and created a life for myself. I wasn't doing anything illegal. I wasn't addicted to anything. I was healthy. I was creative and I stayed out of trouble in general. In my mind, that made me a good catch. Kind of ish. <laughs> So, you know, I decided, I decided my self-worth was at a certain level. Now, on a side note, 12 years later, my self-worth had become wrapped up in a lot of wrong things. And the universe put me in check. But that's another episode. So at the beginning of my 30s, I knew I was unavailable for anything resembling a monogamous relationship. I knew it from the root to the fruit. But I would still dodge the question or, you know, I would say that I wasn't necessarily opposed to it. But I never ended that with the most important part that I knew for sure, which was, yeah, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. In the very distant future, should you, by the grace of God, be the woman that makes me forget the hell I just went through with this divorce? Sure. Maybe then we can be monogamous together. If a woman was interested, my goal at the time was to maintain her interest. Simple as that. And if we were having a good time, you know, my thought was, why mess things up with the parts of me that she would probably never experience in the first place? Like my actual heart and feelings. I had no problem being the good time dude that gets called whenever a good time is needed. But it was extremely selfish in more than a few situations. Sidebar, men, if a woman brings up monogamy more than five times in 10 or less dates, then that's what she's looking for. And it's not only your responsibility to know where you stand on the subject, but it's also your responsibility to share that information honestly and answer all the questions that come up so there's no doubt moving forward about where each other stand. You're grown. You should have those responses on deck. It doesn't mean you won't feel differently in the future, but 
just know who you are and what you want and be ready to express what you're willing and unwilling to compromise on. Only at that point is everybody making informed adult decisions moving forward. If you do what I did and dodge and duck and bob and weave, then you're just an asshole. Because while you know exactly what is and isn't going to happen, she may be offering up her time, her spirit, and her body to you in the hopes that a monogamous relationship may come of it. See, even though I was a quote-unquote good man in general ways, I was an emotional savage. I was emotionally selfish. Sometimes I would convince myself that because I was having a good time and she was having a good time, that me bringing up these things she obviously cared about but we differed on would just ruin the fun we were having. And I would often insert the we when it should have just been me. I was having the fun based on my criteria. There were times where I hurt women because it came to a point where although we were having fun together, because of my dodging, they thought it was going somewhere it never was. And I'll tell you this, when as a result of your deception, a woman has given you parts of herself that she'd previously reserved for only the most special men in her life, finds out that you were never that special or that she was never that special to you, it's beyond gut-wrenching. It actually makes me sick right now just saying it out loud because I'm really ashamed of my actions at that time of my life in regards to that. And if by chance any of those women ever hear this, I truly apologize and hope that me creating this episode is some indication of my growth and change for the better. So that's the first thing in all of this. Be truthful in all your responses to questions and don't use the excuse of, oh, well, we never talked about specifics in regards to any of it. Be a man enough to tell your truth, but to also inquire as to the truth of the woman you're spending time with. So here's another truth, and it has everything to do with timing. All y'all men out there whose first date is at Nobu or whatever the coolest restaurant is in your city, uh, who get women diamond, diamond tennis bracelets after the first week, who rent and borrow cars better than yours to drive in, who buy clothes to look good in for the first date and then return them the next day, who say you have jobs you don't, say you live where you don't, make money that you don't. Y'all deserve every headache you receive from the woman who bought exactly what you were selling. Because they're going to want seconds and thirds of that same dish. And you told them you were Chef Boyardee. And they don't want the noodles. They want the sauce. <laughs> and what I'm saying is this. Of course, a man always wants to put his best foot forward when getting to know a woman. But there's a difference between your best foot and presenting an avatar. An avatar is a creative representation. It's an image for uh, people who may never actually know you or meet you. But in the case of dating, they actually meet you. And until they know your ass is lying, they have no reason to think you are. 
So they may assume, rightfully so, that they've come across a man whose success has allowed him to pamper women in certain ways that represent a certain lifestyle. I'm not saying take a woman to Popeyes on the first date, but I am suggesting that if you go out of your way to create this special night because you want to impress her, then be truthful. I promise you, it's extremely romantic to express to a woman that the current situation both of you are in is actually special for you as well. Not just your normal spot you take all the women. She won't look at you in a bad light if you let her know that Nobu isn't your normal. Like, that's not your normal thing either. And that you see her as someone special. So bringing her somewhere special only makes sense. You see how that works? You don't have to break down your salary. But you also don't have to lie. Look around at wherever you are and have a special moment together with her. Shared moments make women more happy than gifts. Oh, oops. Did I just drop something? Oh, yeah. That's a gem. That's yours. Keep it. Moving on to the gift part. Gifts will not make you more special to anyone who tells you you're more special for giving them. Let me say that again. Gifts will not make you more special to anyone who tells you that you're more special for giving them. <laughs> I can't help it, y'all. Just follow the gym trail as best you can. Gentlemen, the women who accept all of your luxurious gifts without a second thought will not have a second thought leaving you for men who provide more. Again, I'm not saying don't give women gifts. I'm saying that if you're depending on them to keep a woman's interest, just be ready for that. There's nothing wrong with two consenting adults creating an unspoken bond based on money and or gifts. That's called grown hoeing. And it ain't nobody's business but their own. But if you're looking for love, you're not going to find it in this situation. You're just not. And you would think that this was obvious, but I'm here to tell you that it's not for a lot of men. Some men simply don't see the correlation between giving gifts for attention and hoes. These men think that the women they're pampering with gifts will eventually come to love them at some point beyond those gifts. This is false. They won't. Especially if, wait for it, the moments y'all share together aren't as valuable as the gifts. So here's my recommendation. Until y'all have solidified a relationship through mutual understanding and a bond, you are the gift. That's it. You're welcome. And if that ain't enough, that's okay. She can go shopping somewhere else. But make sure that before you present yourself as the gift, that you actually are one. That doesn't mean perfection. It just means be honest about who you are, where you want to be. Now, because this is the 25 to 35 episode, this next thing is crucial. But honestly, as long as you're single, it's something to consider at any age. Do not 
change or rearrange the things you do as a single man as a result of dating a woman and say no whenever you want. If I meet up with my boys every Thursday at the strip club for drinks, then that's what I do. If I go to Vegas every couple of months with my boys, then that's what I do. If I get a massage every week by my favorite female masseuse because she's beautiful and works out my kinks, then that's what I do. If I burn sage every morning before coffee, if I listen to hip hop while I clean on Sundays, if I make myself a tequila, pineapple and ginger beer on Saturday mornings while I read before the day starts, that's what I do. Anything, whatever you do that you enjoy for yourself, whatever habits and rituals you've created for yourself that make you happy, keep doing. If a woman comes into your life and either requests that you change those things around or you change them around because you're not sure whether she'll agree or not, then you're headed for self-destruction. Self-destruction. A woman needs to see exactly who you are, especially if you think she may be the one. It's 100% up to you to provide her with the most authentic version of yourself at all times. If she keeps on loving you after she sees your mixed match socks and your old t-shirt with the holes and your search history, then y'all are on the right track. But if you're presenting yourself as anything other than your authentic self, then she's being lied to and you're going to end up pissed off and bitter. You can avoid all of that from just being who you are from jump. And if she doesn't like something you're doing, then y'all can discuss it. If it's something you especially like, then explain to her why. But until y'all share an address, you need to continue being who you are. And of course, I'm not talking about serious things like alcoholism or drug abuse. You have more important issues to address than dating if that's the case. And you shouldn't be dating until those things are worked out. But for the normal, healthy man, those things that I just spoke to that that keep you going, keep doing. She'll either get on board or get on. Either way, you'll sleep well at night knowing you were your authentic self. Now, the next big thing, this one's going to be a doozy, is sex and sexuality. But we're going to pick that apart in the next episode. In the meantime, please, please, please stay engaged. Repost the link to this episode to your family and your whole ass friends who need some help probably need Jesus too then follow me on Instagram at Life Math Podcast daily inspiration daily motivation some insight let's just keep the discussion going until next time be good to others and yourself <laughs>